Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me on my drive to work this morning, guys. It's been over a month since my last episode. I've really been slacking on this. Um, Just had a hard time getting back in the rhythm after the holidays and everything. But we are back. We are ready to talk about some Lakers basketball. Let's get into it. All right, guys. Well, today is a a big day it's a sad day in Lakers nation and all of you know for all NBA fans today marks the one year anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant his daughter Gigi and seven other people in a helicopter crash on a a cloudy Sunday morning you know I still remember where I was I, I think that's a moment that I'll never forget you know where I was as I was finding out the news um a weird, you know, it was a, it's especially because for me, you know, it was a, it was a, it, it was a different Sunday than most Sundays. My, my buddy was flying, just happened to be flying into town, um, into into Los Angeles for the just for the day, um, working like a wine convention, and we went and picked him up at the airport down at LAX, and just hung out in Venice Beach, uh, just for the morning, um, and then we were gonna drop him off down at. Um, Loyola, Loyola Marymount and you know we we're just hanging around bopping around the city uh, got breakfast um, and then we were in a donut shop and I'm you know I'm in a group text with a bunch of my buddies and someone texts you know Kobe died question mark and you know at first my thought was you know people we make jokes sometimes like when you're talking about like the greatest of all time and and you know, say someone's like, oh, you know, Michael's the greatest of all time, and then someone says like, oh, did Kobe die, question mark, kind of as like a saying like, or like, you know, greatest greatest alive, or, you know, something like that, and so I thought it was just like, I wasn't paying attention to the group chat, I just saw that text, thought it was like a response to a joke or something like that, and and then, you know, people are like, no, like, literally he, he, he died, you know, like, and it was all this like news, we had no idea what was happening, um, you know, and I was, so we're in Venice and I, we're in the donut shop and I'm getting, getting these texts and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And, um, and then we, you know, we sit down at a, on a bench right outside and we start seeing like the TMZ article and, and all the other things coming, flowing, flowing through Twitter. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I hate to make you guys relive this day, but it's one of, it's just one of those days that like, as a Lakers fan, as a. LA native like those are things this is something that like I will never forget um and it just was a a, such a weird day like it was a weird day before the news came out you know just a strange and and then for something like that to happen on that day it just makes it even that much more like memorable almost um and so then we're like walking around Venice and and we're getting on the news like the whole family was on the plane or on the helicopter or like Gigi was on the helicopter, you know, we couldn't figure, didn't know what the actual truth was for so long, um, you know, and then I, you know, we draw my buddy off eventually, and then head back home and just, like, watch the news and just in shock, and, you know, couldn't believe what happened, and, um, just unbelievable, sad, sadly unbelievable thing to happen, um, for Lakers Nation. I will say the, seeing the outpouring of love, not only from Lakers Nation and the Lakers and the, the current Lakers players at the time, but also 
um, the NBA as a whole was really astonishing, you know, because growing up as a, as a Lakers fan and, and loving Kobe, you know, I grew up in, like, I was like seven, like six, seven, and eight when the Lakers had their first, that three-peat with Kobe and Shaq. Um, and then I was in high school when they won, when Kobe won with Powell. 2009 2010 um so like my childhood was Kobe you know, like most of you guys you know most a lot of the a lot of Lakers fans today um in their 20s or 30s like Kobe was their guy as like their childhood hero almost you know um and so for me I remember I remember Kobe always I mean outside of LA Kobe was always hated on I feel like um, and maybe that's just my like Lakers fandom coming in also, but um, any of my any of my friends that weren't Lakers fans always liked to hate on Kobe, saying he was cocky or arrogant or uh, this or that, and um, and you know he had his ups and downs throughout his career, and he, he definitely grew as a player eventually, and, and all this stuff. But um, you know I was just so used to like if you weren't a Lakers fan, you didn't like Kobe. That's what I was used to as a kid. Um, and so to like to see the outpouring of love from the NBA as a whole and NBA fans as a whole was like, I mean, I knew that when someone dies, it's such a serious thing. Like you, there's no room for hate or for bad words about that person. Um, you know, someone, especially someone like Kobe. So it's not that I was expecting people to like hate on Kobe in that moment, but I just wasn't expecting the amount of of grief from the entire NBA community, whether it's players, coaches, owners, fans, even even casual fans, people that aren't the biggest NBA fans. There was so much love and and that's the thing that sticks with me today was is really just that memory, the memory of seeing everyone down in in downtown LA near Stable Center leaving hundreds hundreds and hundreds of of notes or you know jerseys or flowers or basketballs with a message on it um just really amazing and and it's crazy that it's been one year since the day it happened I you know it feels like I was saying like it's such it's so fresh in my memory and probably always will be that it feels literally literally like it was yesterday that it happened um I you know me as long uh, with all of you still extremely saddened by it and um it doesn't it I don't think it ever will feel real you know the way that that he passed away and and how he he was gone and you know I it was always a weird thing to me because I think the the death of Kobe Bryant will always be really like the only celebrity death that really shook me, like brought me to tears. I mean, every death, every celebrity death is sad. And I, and I acknowledge that, but like, I've never been so connected or felt so connected to a celebrity than Kobe Bryant. And so like no celebrity death will ever, for me, will ever like top the grief that I had when Kobe passed away. And so it was a weird experience because I'd never really felt that before. Um, the grief of losing someone that you never knew and someone that you never, like Kobe retired in 2016 and 
I didn't, you know, I wasn't keeping up with him day to day like I would have if he was still playing in the NBA or still playing for the Lakers. Um, so I, it's one of those things where it's a weird, It's a, it was such a weird thing that I'm, you know, so saddened and grieving this person that not only do I not know, but I wasn't even really paying that much attention to the last four years of his life. I mean, obviously I was paying attention to the his his business things that he was doing and the Oscars and stuff, but it just wasn't like my main the main thing I'm thinking about, right? And so it really for me was the first time I was grieving someone that I didn't didn't know and wasn't really wasn't a key factor in my day-to-day life for those last 4 years of his career. And so just a weird such a strange experience for me um and I'm and again and that's why I'm so happy about just how not only how how much Lakers nation really unified together throughout all of that um and you felt it from literally from from my buddies my Lakers my fellow Laker fans that I know the ones that I don't know and the Lakers players the fact that we, it, you know, it seemed like we all were going through the same thing and felt the same thing. Uh, it was really a, a unifying feeling that I really appreciated. And so, you know, I don't. It sucks because when you talk about death and the death of Kobe Bryant, there's no. The happy ending is the unifying of people and the love for a human being that lived a great life, had a great career in the NBA, and, you know, was a great father. And, and was really working to being such a, a, a great person, both in his personal life, his career, his professional life. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's the happy ending. But it's hard, it's hard to talk about such a tragic event. And so um, I just had to feel, I feel like I had to mention that since today is the one-year anniversary since his death. Um, and so with that, uh, let's get into talking about last night's Laker game. All right, well, the Lakers won their game last night. They beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland. The Lakers have improved their away record to 10-0. and they have, They're yet to lose a game on the road. Their overall record is the best in the NBA at 14-4. and They lead the Clippers uh, in the West by half a game. I think the Clippers are 13-4. and uh, so The Lakers still hold on to having the best record in the NBA. Um, and LeBron just went off last night. He had 46 points. I think he had eight rebounds and seven assists, or maybe it was flipped, but he went off. He had 17 points in the first quarter, and he really didn't slow down. And, and the, some of the shots he was making, like, good Lord. He <laughs> he was hitting Kobe-like shots. Um, and it's crazy. Like, last night – so last night was the eve of the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death or yeah the one year anniversary of his death and and if you remember the 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 eve of his you know his actual passing away was the night that the Lakers played in Philadelphia and LeBron ended up passing Kobe for you know on the all-time scoring list and and then he passed away, and so it was, it was just like this weird moment of like playing in Kobe's hometown, 
um, passing him on the all-time scoring list, and then tragically he he passes away the next morning. Just such a weird chain of events to happen. Um, and then, you know, last night the Lakers have another game on the eve of the anniversary of his death, and and LeBron goes out and just torches it up the place. Like, you know, he didn't have any – it wasn't any, anything notable, no notable, like, records or anything. But, you know, he hit a shot with a minute left in the game. Lakers were – I think the Lakers were up by, like, five. It was a pretty close game towards the end of the game with a minute left. LeBron's in the corner, double-teamed, um, back to the basket, turn around, fade away, and just nails it. And if you go and, if you go and look – on you know on Twitter and see that shot. That's the kind of night he was having. Just hitting everything. And when LeBron's shooting like that, it's insane because I mean you guys know, but he's 36 years old in his 18th season. You know, it's funny because I feel like I repeated that last season so much that he was 35 years old in his 17th season. And now it's the same. You know, and he's he's he doesn't look like he's missed a beat somehow in um you know, with having such a shortened off season, playing, I think he's played just about every game, and it's pretty insane that he's having the type of season that he's having. So, the Lakers beat up on the Cavs. I mean, they didn't. It was a close game. They didn't really beat up on them. I mean, it was the Lakers got up pretty big, and then they kind of let the Cavs back in the game, and then it was a close game to close it out, and the Lakers were able to close it out behind LeBron's fantastic shooting and scoring. So LeBron has 46 points. I saw a stat that LeBron had 46 points last night makes him the, you know, the only other player at that age to score 40 points or more was Kobe um, in his last game with the Lakers when he scored, when he scored 60. And, and that's for the Lakers, not for the NBA as a whole. Um, so it, that just shows how fantastic of a game he had and just really at what level he's playing at. It's really, like I said, unbelievable. Hard to really put words to it, but it's it's just fun to watch. It's crazy. It's fun to see him him performing at such a high level. Um, I think Anthony Davis ended up with around 17 points last night. So didn't nothing crazy, but also like didn't have to do anything crazy because um, LeBron was going all out. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis, he's... He had a, a comment saying, this was a few days ago, that, you know, he's playing crappy and uh, just needs to get back into his rhythm. When the when the Lakers beat Chicago, he had a huge game. Like, I think he had like 38 points, or he almost had 40 points that game as well. Um, so the Lakers, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they've been killing it. You know, th- I mean, this is my first, this is my first podcast since the season started, which I can't believe. I'm really... Like I said, I've been slacking bad. Um, you know, I wanted to do one, like an episode during the holiday break. You know, after the opening night game against the Clippers, and against, and then after the uh, the Christmas game, and I just was enjoying the break too much, and was didn't get around to it. But the Lakers have been like they've been looking extremely extremely good. Um, like I said, they're fourteen and four, ten and zero on the road. They have beaten the Mavericks. They beat the Mavericks on Christmas Day. And, you know, they've they really only, like, the games that they've lost have really only, it only has seemed like they've lost those games because they're, 
letting their foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. You know, like, they lost recently to the Warriors, like, a week ago. They lost that game by two points. Um, they were up in that game by, like, 20 points at one point and just kind of let it slide, let the Warriors back into it. Uh, you know, when, you have, when you're playing against Steph and it's like playing against Damian Lillard, like, they can just shoot lights out and kill you from three, and that can keep you in a game or get you over the hump to win a game. And the Lakers just kind of let the foot, their foot off the gas pedal. They had a ton of turnovers down the stretch in that game, and and they lost by two. It's a game they should have won. There's no reason they should have lost it. And that's kind of how most of their losses have been. Bar, you know, Aside from the opening night game against the Clippers, where the Lakers really just kind of looked like they were sleepwalking the whole time, which I guess is the same thing. But it was the first game. It was almost seemed like they were, at, they were uh, pretending like it was a – extended preseason game like they really just were not putting forth too much effort in the game and and they ended up losing to the to the Clippers so I mean aside from that game where like it was just legit bad from start to finish or at least that's how I felt um the Lakers have played really really well and the only games they've lost they've just been kind of sleepwalking turnovers and missed shots and things like that missed defensive assignments and the Lakers have the best defense in the NBA, if you don't know. They, they're, I think their defensive rating is like, I'm thinking of this off the top of my head, I think it's 106, which is like two points better than the next best team. And I'm pretty sure the next best team, at least the last time I checked, was the Cavs, who the Lakers just beat. Um, and, and it's notable to beat the Cavs this season so far because they've also beaten, the Cavs have beaten the, the new look Brooklyn Nets uh, with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Uh, that's another thing that happened since my last ep- my last podcast episode was James Harden got traded from the Rockets to the Nets. You guys probably already know this. Um, no need to go into that much further, but the Nets are stacked, at least offensively. Um, and they... You know, Kyrie had been missing. Not he hadn't been missing. He had like, taken a leave of absence, basically. Um most likely we think because of you know for mental health purposes and and so he he missed like a week or so so a handful of games and and then and then in between that time James Harden got traded to the Nets and so Kate Kevin Durant and James Harden had played in a couple games together without Kyrie and then Kyrie announced he was back he played so the first game, the first two games with Kyrie, with Kyrie, Harden, and Durant all on the all on the floor were against the Cavs. They played like back to back matchups with a break in between the games, and um, and the Cavs smoked them. The Cavs. So in the first game, it was a it was a double overtime game where the Cavs won, like, they scored 145 points. It was, like, 145 to 137, 132. It was, like, 145 to 130-something. And so that was shocking. Uh, Sexton went nuts, scored 40-something points, and and the Cavs basically shocked the new-look Nets, who were supposed to be the next best team in the NBA. And then they have a break, and then the Cavs play them again, and they beat them by, like, 13 points in regulation and shocked them again. So 
the Cavs are this team where like no one expected them to be good. No one really does expect them to do much in the postseason. You know, they might make the playoffs. They might be like a sixth, seventh, or eighth seed. Uh, maybe they play. Maybe they're in the playing tournament. We don't really know with them so far. Like they're right around five hundred. I think they were like seven and seven going into the Lakers game or something like that. Um, but yeah, they're right around five hundred. So depending on how the East shapes up, they definitely could. They could definitely be a playoff team this season. So they're not a bad team. Um, but the but a, the notable thing that I'm trying to get at is that the the Cavs have the second best defense in the NBA, and and. So the Lakers went up against the Nets. Lakers, number one defense. Cavs, number two defense. And um, so it was good to see the Lakers get a win against the Cavs. And a pretty, like, it got close, but the Lakers were able to close it out. And it didn't, it wasn't, like, too much of a, it, you know, it wasn't going down to the last second at the very least, which was nice. So um, good good to see the Lakers um, get a nice win and and you know beat it's fun to see you know fun to see LeBron go off in his hometown and you know there's a funny moment where at the end of the third quarter LeBron took a lap you know the last second shot before the end of the quarter and he missed it and the cat I think it went into the quarter uh the Cavs were up 89 to 87 and as LeBron was like running back someone on the sideline like said something to him uh because so like the Cavs I think they're letting a few thousand people into the arena, or maybe it was like 1,900 people. Uh, close to, yeah, I think it was 19, 1,900 people are allowed into the arena for the Cavs. Um, so someone in the arena said something to him, and he like looked back and like shook his head, and it was like one of those moments where, it was one of those LeBron moments that we've come to know and love that we saw in the playoffs a lot where he kind of shakes, shakes his head and then just takes the game over. And I think it turned out to be one of the a front office person for the Cavs, just kind of was like, <clears throat> just messing with him, like said something, and so you know LeBron let him have it. So it's fun to see LeBron in his hometown uh, with his former team, playing against his former team, and and lighting it up, and lighting it up so much to have 46 points and to beat his hometown team by I think they ended up winning by six or eight points. So good game overall. Good to see the Lakers get a win. And improved to fourteen and four. All right, let's talk really quickly about the Brooklyn Nets and how they're looking. You know, this is kind of like my around the league segment. Um, since the Nets are kind of like that new, the newfound number, you know, potentially best team in the NBA. Um, figure to be interesting to talk about them a little bit. So. Like I mentioned earlier, they traded for James Harden, so now they have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving all on the same team, which is pretty crazy. I don't think we've ever seen in the NBA that much offensive firepower on one team. You know, we've had we've had our big threes and whatnot, but we've never had like Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant are all all star, superstar level offensive players in their own rights, and so now they're all on the, all on the same team, and it's really like. It's definitely fun to watch. I mean, I've seen a few games, and it's pretty crazy. Like, the, the, I mean, you would be lucky enough to have just Kevin Durant on your team. Like, Kevin Durant is a really good player. I think we've kind of, in the last couple years, or a year and a half since he's been injured, 
kind of forgot about him a little bit or just wasn't, you know, we weren't, he just wasn't fresh in our minds. But when he was on the Warriors, he probably was the best player in the NBA at the time. Um, and he doesn't seem like he's slowed down too much for the most part, like with his Achilles injury. Like he, he looks like he's pretty much back to his old self, which is, which is awesome to see. It's, you know, it's great to see guys bounce back from injuries like that. So cool to see Kevin Durant playing at a high level again. Um, but like you'd be lucky enough to have just Kevin Durant on your team, like I was saying. And then you had James Harden, who was the best player and like the sole offensive player basically for the for the Rockets for so long. And then and then you had Kyrie, who like he hasn't, you know, he he won a championship with LeBron and he he balled out those playoffs and that those finals. Um, but you know he like. But he hasn't really done too much since then, you know. Like he bounced over to the cat or to the Celtics, and it was just a bad situation there. Um, and then ends up going over to the Nets. And then last season he was injured, and um, just like a weird, you know, he just has had a, like a weird situation ever since he he won with with LeBron. He kind of wanted to do his own thing, and just hasn't really worked out so far. So now he's teamed up with Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, and it'll be interesting, interesting to see what he does, you know, how things, how things go for them overall, you know, so they definitely have, like, like I said, one of the most, like, high-powered offenses almost probably ever in the NBA, but just with those three guys, um, and, you know, they're putting up, like, 130 points, like, they could put up 130 points a game almost is what it seems like, uh, so it's definitely, like, really, it'll, you know, I don't, it's so early in in the season that I don't want to like say that they are definitely a threat to win the NBA Finals this season. But I mean, like they definitely are. Like there's no hiding that. The real question is their defense. Like I mentioned against when they played the Cavs, like they gave up 145 points in two overtimes, and then gave up 130 points I think against them. Um. And, and like, they're still scoring a ton of points, but they're giving up so much points, so many points that it's kind of crazy to, I don't know, it's just so hard to gauge. Like, they're such a high-powered offense, but they're also, it. they basically make every game a shootout is kind of what it seems like. You know, like, you have to, you definitely have to hang with them offensively because it, it is going to be hard to stop them on the defensive end. Um, but on the defensive end, like on their defensive end, they give up so many points, like so many easy points too, like wide open threes and layups that it's not too difficult to stay with them. Um, at least from so far from what we've seen in the few, few games, I mean, like they'll definitely, they definitely need to make a move before the trade deadline to like pick up a better defender. You know, I've heard people say like PJ Tucker could be a good guy for them to pick up. Um, but just someone that can like hold that can be, like, an anchor defensively for them because, you know, Kyrie, Harden, and KD are not stalwarts of – stalwarts – what's that word? I don't know. They're not, like, the foundation for a defensive – like, a great defense. Like, Kevin Durant should proved in the, in the NBA Finals that he can play good defense, especially when they moved him to, like, the five. Um, but it's – again, we just – we – yeah, well – we just kind of have to see it. We'll have to see it play out. But, you know, I think really with the the question here is, 
can they beat the Lakers in an NBA Finals matchup? That's really what I'm getting at. <coughs> and I would say, you know, they definitely could. They have the, the star power to, and the superstars on their team to to allow them to hang and to, to make it a series. Um, but the real question is, who's going to cover Anthony Davis? You know, like, Kevin Durant's seven foot. Like, he has the height to cover Anthony Davis, but he's he's skinnier than Anthony Davis. You know, like, I, I'll say, you know, I've said before that Anthony Davis is great down low in the post, but he's not, like, a huge body. Like, guys like Jokic um, and Drummond and, and big guys like that can kind of move Anthony Davis around a little bit because he's not, like, the biggest guy. But Kevin Durant, on the other hand, like if Kevin Durant was playing the five and covering Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis could do anything he wanted down low against Kevin Durant. Um, now on the wing, it's a different story. Like Anthony, like he would probably Kevin Durant could probably take out Anthony Davis's offense from the wing, but but down low, you know, all Anthony Davis has to do is post him up, and I think it's kind of over. And, and then at that point, who covers LeBron? You know, so like if if KD matches up against or uh, Anthony Davis for a majority of the matchups, then who's left to cover LeBron, right? Like Harden, Harden's not covering him. Kyrie's too small to cover him. Um, you need to, they need to get another guy that can, you know, like a Andre Iguodala type or someone that can like key on playing defense on LeBron. So they're kind of missing those pieces defensively to really make them, like, a scary, scary team. Like, they're definitely a scary team. They're – I mean, they have to be my pick for the NBA Finals this season. Like, <clears throat> the Celtics have looked good. The Sixers have looked good. Um, the Bucks are going to be good down the stretch. Um, those are kind of, like, the top four teams, those three in the Nets. Um, and I just, like, can't – I have a hard time picking against – the Nets just because of their star power. You know, I think that the high the the high octane offense that they will have is just it, it's going to be strong enough to get through a few rounds in the playoffs, and I think it'll be enough to get to the finals. So I think the Nets, as of right now, are are still my pick for the finals, even without uh, a super super strong defense. Um, that being said, though, I think the Lakers, with the improvements that with the improvements that they've made this season, and they've gotten, I think they've gotten better defensively this season than they were last season. With the improvements that they've made, both on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor, they're still the favorites and still my pick to win the finals this season. Um, but I think the Nets will make it. I think they will be playing the Nets in the finals, and I think the Lakers will win that series. You know, it, they won't. I don't think they'll sweep that series or anything. It'll be a, it'll be a pretty close series. But, but I think the Lakers still. I just think it's more that the Nets lack the defensive wherewithal to really slow down the Lakers. And the Lakers have the defense where they can at least slow down the Nets. Like it's hard to stop all three: Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. But they can definitely slow them down from the defensive standpoint. So, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the Nets do. They can't 
they can be done adding, trying to add pieces to the team. Um, it's just not like a complete team yet. And if they are done, then, I mean, great for the Lakers. But I don't think they're done quite yet. They still have a little more to do. But they're definitely a fun team to watch. It'll be fun to see how they do in the East. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the regular season matchup between the Lakers and the Nets. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm